0: All right, Mr. Oster is on that uh, Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline, DougOster.com, the organic gardener, on the air until late. He would love you to call in so we can get to some of your calls in the first segment. So if you have a question for Doug, that number is 866-391-1020 or Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. And in just about 20 minutes, uh, Luke Warner going to be here, Davy Tree Expert Company, of course, talking trees today, the right way to water trees, topic of conversation. But if you're the 10th caller right now at 412 21020 you will win a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Sorgles. Doug, great to have you here. You're going to be with me on Wednesday talking everything, including the Community Food Bank and why people are planning and growing more fresh food now than ever. And tomorrow night, after local news at 6, this can sue to Pittsburgh Newsline, Rob Pratt, Monday night, Senator uh, Elder Vogel, a dairy farmer by trade, many years talking about farming. Before you get into your show and all the things that you are going to bring to the table today, talk about Farm to Table and why this uh, industry is so important. And many of them, people like the Janoski, and others are big parts of this show. Good morning, Doug.
2: Good morning. Yeah, well, fresh food is important, and that's what Farm to Table is doing, trying to get that fresh food from farms like Janoski, Sorgals, and others right to you. And, boy, we know as gardeners that fresh is, is better. I'm glad you're going to be talking to Elder Vogel. I traveled with, or his family traveled with me, I think it was my first trip overseas to London, so I'll be interested to hear that. I'm going to have fun. Both of us are going to have fun on Wednesday night talking to each other all about gardening. And Boy, I've got a lot to cover in this first segment to try and get to a question. I don't know if we'll be able to, but yes, later on we'll be talking trees with Luke Warner from the Davy Tree Expert Company, and watering trees, that's going to be a good subject. Uh, We haven't had a lot of rain so far, and boy, I love that. That forecast, that forecast is for planting nice and cool and hopefully rain on the way. Um, there's still plenty of time to be planting in the garden. I, I plant all year round. <laughs> you know me. Uh, I've got some shrubs yet to put in and some more veggies to put in and uh, any place that there's room, I'm, I'm going to be planting and I love, love that weather forecast and yesterday, phipps opened reopened uh and i did a video for pittsburgh today live that explains all the safety protocols and it's pretty easy and also i get a nice tour kind of a sneak peek tour with uh, jordan molina who's the uh, associate director of exhibits there of the summer flower show and one of the highlights for me in the Victoria room which is the one where the fountain is at the very end of the conservatory when you pass through the the sunken garden you get to the Victoria room and it is a fountain made of all these dram which is a, one of the companies that sponsors the radio show i've worked with them forever uh it's made of, it's a sculpture fountain made out of hoses and nozzles all from dram and they knew nothing about it <laughs> i i went there and i i saw it and i said is that all stuff that that looks like all dram stuff you know with these beautiful colored different colored hoses and, and all the different um nozzles different you know set in different positions and it's splurting out water everywhere it is awesome and they were so excited to see it i'm i'm going to do a a story out at it the there's a local uh, artist that that created that I, I want to hear the story. Uh gardeners you can help uh if you've got extra seedlings, I've got information at com about how to uh donate your extra seedlings to a local food bank someplace close to you. And there's there's just a uh you got to jump through a couple hoops on the uh Greater pittsburgh uh, Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank website to figure out where your local place is and if you had a you know like in my case i've got tomatoes left over i've got some peppers left over still after after my first donation you know i'm some people want plants and i'm trying to see what i can donate and and part of this whole thing about uh, being a gardener and wanting to help is that uh... uh it's called plant a row for the hungry if you have extra food also while you're harvesting you know, some of us have started harvesting, but if you're harvesting at the end of the summer with tomatoes and zucchini and beans, whatever it might be, if you've got extra, be sure to find use that same tool to find your local pantry so you can give that uh, fresh produce to people who need it. You know, the hungry are many times seniors and kids and working poor, or, you know, and especially now during this, you can help out with your fresh produce. Uh, again, all that information is at my website. Uh, when we're talking about planting, you know, I talk a lot about succession planting. I'm going to be planting more tomatoes uh, all the way up to July 4th, and I will take cuttings from things like Early Girl and Sun Gold, a new one I'm growing called Early Reliance. You know, an early tomato put in the ground on July 4th will be basically disease-free because it loves the, the warm soil and the warm air temperatures, and you just get a free plant. And so... That free plant is just from taking a cutting, and I've got a video at, at the website that shows exactly how I do it. It's really easy just to, to take a few cuttings from a tomato, root it, and then plant it a couple weeks later. the The great thing about it is that that plant, it's older. It doesn't know that it's just a brand new seedling, so it's going to put on flowers quick and tomatoes quick. and uh, It's a great way to add more tomatoes to your garden if you've got room. Uh, this week's column for the Green Voice lists my top ten perennials. Again, you can see that at the website. Uh, you know, so many of us, we've got to have our annuals, but many gardeners like myself, we keep adding perennials. That These are plants that come back year after year that you don't have to replant, and you just kind of fill in the holes with some annuals. And I've got a, a list of ten great ones there. Uh trip to Croatia is on for July of 2021. Got to have it booked by August. We're going to be on this really cool private yacht. And uh, it is filling up fast, believe it or not. But you've got time. Uh, Just take a look and see if the trip's right for you. It's going to be a 12-day trip. Seven of those days will be cruising the Adriatic Sea, which (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying that. It's phenomenal. Dubrovnik, Slano, all these national parks. There's the famous Blue Cave. Cathedral of St. James, just much, much more uh, to see in Croatia. It's going to be amazing. And uh, if you want information about that, I've got a brand new phone number, 412-277-7421. That's 412-277-7421. Uh, or just look at, my, at the website, it, it, all the information is on the front page. And I've got my first uh, live speaking gig coming up. Uh, again, with safety protocols, uh, two weeks from today at Bednar's, uh, 2 p.m., Bedners Farm and Greenhouse down in McDonald. Uh, it's absolutely free, and we're going to talk all about pollinator plants. It is going to be so much fun. I am so looking forward to seeing you in person. We're doing a lot of presentations via Zoom and uh, other programs, so to be... Seeing you face-to-face is going to be so much fun, and Bettners is a cool place. Uh, lots of great plants there. And I am starting a summer series of garden webinars this Thursday in conjunction with Farm to Table Pittsburgh, uh, Farm to Table Western Pennsylvania. It's free for anyone on Medicaid or those receiving WIC or SNAP benefits. Rob, we ready
0: for a break? We are ready for a break. We'll take one, ladies and gentlemen, then come back. We've got Frank and Swickley wants to talk a pear tree that he is dealing with in Rod South Hill's burnt grass. And we've got room for a couple of more calls at 866-391-1020. And we still have Luke Warner, Davy Tree, Davey.com, of course, Talking Trees. The Best Way to Water Trees, the topic of conversation that's coming up within 20 minutes. Stay with us, Doug Oster. Everybody gardens, of course, for many years, but now he's on his own at DougOster.com. Don't you dare miss it. All right, Frank and Swickley, as promised, up first for Doug Oster, DougOster.com, The Organic Gardener, KDKA Radio. Hey, Frank, good morning. Good
1: morning, guys. I have a question. In fact, I called a while back. I had an ornamental pear tree uh, back. I think when Jessica was still on the show, and I believe, I know she did, but I f- believe Doug did too, de- suggested that I take the tree down. I can't remember why, um, but anyhow, I did. Uh, take, is the it a Bradford did take, pear. Yeah, it, uh, an ornamental pear. Yeah, that, and I took. The, go ahead. I took the tree down. Go ahead. And I took the tree down, and I was just wondering the best way to prepare the ground, uh, you know, to put grass back. The only reason I asked, there was recently work done in the area. Guys last summer did a bunch of sidewalks, and then they, uh, you know, put grass down. when well, there was a lot of bare spots. So this summer, in fact, just this past week, there was one truck going by dumping in the bare spots all along the street. They were dumping topsoil. And then another truck was coming behind them. And because uh, I talked to the guy, he put down mushroom manure. So I think, because I'm not familiar that much with grass seed, I guess most people think you put down topsoil and seed and that's it. But then when the guy mentioned about the mushroom manure, I'm wondering what is the best way to prepare the ground for to, to seed it um, since I took the tree down.
2: Does the uh, soil that's there, that topsoil, does it look decent to
1: you if you, if you get in there and kick it around or rake it? Um, well, the, the we haven't touched anything since it, it it appears to be fairly loose though. Yeah, all right. But yeah, the, I, would, I mean they grind the stump I'll, out and everything. Yeah, the first thing is to buy good seed.
2: Uh, I really love. There's a couple different ones. Jonathan Green has great seed, and then of course, uh, Penn State mix is a great great seed so uh you want to pick the right seed for the right conditions so if it's sun you go for a, a, a sunny mix and if it's shade you go for the shady mix and all i do is I especially since that's kind of like fresh just gently rake that kind of rough it up a little bit uh put your seed down uh, get it wet and then put something on top to keep it wet you know I'm I'm old school. I use the straw, but eventually you have to rake that straw out of there. But some people would use something like a mushroom manure or a compost, just a thin layer over that seed. The seed must have contact with the soil. So after we put the seed on, we kind of rake it in, then water it, and then put something on top to keep it wet. And again, this would is I put a the perfect mu- wet? Perfect would I put the weather. mushroom?
1: Would I put the mushroom manure down after I put the seed?
2: Yeah, yeah. That that's that's what we're going to use to keep the seed moist. The seed must stay moist until it sprouts. And so that's why this okay. is this weather when you're looking at like possible rain today or in the next couple days. Uh just as long as you keep that seed moist uh until it sprouts, you'll be good to go cuz it sounds like the conditions there it's not like going into, you know, a pure clay area and trying to grow no. grass there. It sounds
1: like you've got some nice loose soil there, so it
2: they, I, noticed
1: enough you enough. I noticed you didn't, I didn't mention anything about topsoil. I would not put that down at all.
2: I thought they already put
1: topsoil down there. Well, no, this is just the way the tree was taken down. It's still the the ground, you know, part of the stump and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, well, was, I would probably oh, no. What I was, I would, oh no, what I was talking about. This was a project that was done uh, around the township earlier, and that's what I'm okay, saying he okay, okay, I'm sorry, I saying gave me the idea of mushrooming. Understood. Uh,
2: I would try, I would grind that stump out of there if you could. Uh, you can yeah, either run a stump. Gone. The, stump
1: the, the stump's gone.
2: All right, so let's just see what the soil looks like when you start uh, raking in there. If it's decent soil, like, I would not amend it. I would just get it loose and put the grass seed on. If it looks terrible and if you're worried about it, I would put something like compost down. Uh, the mushroom okay. manure, the only downside in mushroom manure is sometimes it can be alkaline and and. Grass, we want to keep the pH, uh, you know, neutral. And so Mm -hmm. take a look at the soil, get in there with a garden rake, uh, work it up a little bit, and if it looks decent to you, then we do that same procedure. Seed, then rake the seed in, then water it, put something on top of it to, to keep it wet, and it'll sprout in about a week. Topsoil, we don't know what topsoil is. It it could be something decent. It could be something just uh, a a one-inch layer they strip off a a farm field before they put a a development there. So when we want to improve the soil, we want to use something we know that has nutrients in it, and that's why I'm recommending compost for that area if you think it needs it. Okay?
1: All right. All right. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Uh, All right, Doug, got about two minutes, so we'll wait to talk to uh, the rest of the callers after you spend a little time with Luke Warner. But this topic today, watering trees, I I think people need to understand. You may have what you believe to be the right idea, but the professionals at Davy Tree know exactly what you need to do when it comes to uh, quenching the thirst of those trees to keep them healthy and strong.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to talking to him to see what he thinks, where we are in the season as far as moisture and what we should be doing you know what do you do on a big tree uh, you know i've been watering some smaller trees that are, that are younger especially when we got to that really hot weather uh, so yeah we'll see what luke warner has to say uh, and i've got some i actually got some other uh, tree questions for him uh, that people have sent me uh, as i said when we look at the weather forecast as a gardener we're always looking at the weather when i see these uh relatively cool temperatures as opposed to those uh, 90 and 80 high 80s we had i'm thinking planting uh, i'm i'm thinking about adding to the garden and and putting uh you know certainly tomatoes and peppers and some more beans uh you know go to the nursery and go look around things have calmed down at the nursery you know you get that memorial day you you know memorial day is crazy after mother's day memorial day crazy now i've been bu- going to the nurseries and You know, everybody is being safe, and there's lots of plants left at many of these. You know, they keep getting resupplied. And take your time, look around, and see something you fall in love with. I'm teaching a class uh, for Osher, which is lifelong learning at Pitt, and and people, they're just sending me chat messages. You know, we're doing this online, saying, I'm overwhelmed by all, all this information. Don't be overwhelmed by by gardening information. Go to the nursery, ask some questions, and just grow what you love. As long as you improve the soil, you'll be good to go.
0: All right, what we're going to do is take a short break. We'll come back. We're going to take more of your phone calls. And we've got Luke Warner, as Doug mentioned, coming up. So, hey, folks, kid-friendly meals, one of my favorite topics, as it is for many of you out there. We want to hear all of those great recipes and ideas. And, of course, kids have been staying at home, but now they're going to be home because school is out And it's time to feed them some healthy, delicious, and nutritious meals. So that's what we're going to be talking about with Joe and Frank Dentisi. And then Jim Meredith is off today. Son, Jamie is in. Morning commentary, Ask the Advisor segment. Tyler Valano is here as well. And then we wrap it up with the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show at 11 a.m. Good morning. Hey, don't forget, strawberries delicious right now at Janoski's. And if you're the 10th caller, you could win a $25 gift certificate to that incredible place on Route 30 in Clinton, where they're open every day 9 to 7. And that number is 412-922-1020. 10th caller, 412-922-1020 wins a $25 gift certificate from Janoski's. All right, take it away, Doug.
2: We are talking trees with Luke Warner from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And while you were listening to the news, Luke and I were talking gardening off the air. And, Luke, we're going to talk all about uh, the right way to water trees. But before we get there, I have a question from my friend Rocky. He sent me a text yesterday. And he wants to know if his plants like pussy willows, and uh, I think he's got some uh, red twig dogwood and some other plants, are growing uh over his leach field, uh, part of the septic system. The trees are like 10 to 15 feet tall. Does he need to worry about those roots getting down in there, you think?
3: I mean, it, plants at that size, those would be the ones that um, I would start to, to really think about, maybe not so much being worried, but really raise an eyebrow. Ideally, you keep the plant over your leach field if you're going to have plants. Um, keep them to more herbaceous things like uh, you know perennials in the annuals, those types of things. But smaller shrubs, I, I don't think you'd be too much of a concern. You know, the ones that you're going to be worried about are, of course, the larger trees and even the ornamental trees. There's an old saying that says the grass is always greener on top of the septic tank.
1: Yeah, that's
2: <laughs> so true. Let's, let's, let's talk about watering trees because when we're talking about small trees, big trees, how do we know when they need water?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the biggest question because everybody, what seems like it might be an easy thing, um, you know, just plant the tree, give it it some water. Um, There's a lot of things that go into it, how much, um, but you don't want to overwater uh, either. There's a few different ways you can do it. Um, One is just, you know, take the end of your nozzle off your garden hose. Let it trickle out the end of the hose. And with new plantings, I like to do kind of four spots every 15 minutes. Move that hose um, around that tree so you kind of create four points or a circle around that tree to, get, uh, to make sure you're getting that water deep. Um, the other way is a watering bag, or you can use a bucket with a couple holes drilled in the bottom of it. Um, that, again, lets water come out slowly, making sure it goes deep. Um, into the ground, so you do want it to go deeper. you don't just want to surface water or dumped you know five ten gallons on the ground. everything has to be done very slowly, so you know that that water is getting down uh, deep into the root ball, letting those roots grow deeper so you know later on in the tree's life when it does need um, does need you know access to water and it's not getting it from the rain um, that it has access to that by Watering deep initially um, as well as his roots develop.
2: tell me about the watering bag what What is that and and how long do I leave that on? Let's just say a, a newly planted tree, we get it uh-huh. in the ground. We know we need moisture all season long, especially for newly planted. What is the watering bag and how long should it
3: stay on the tree? There's different brands of watering bags, but it's essentially like a um, a nylon or canvas material. It'll zip around the stem of the tree, and it lets you, you know, you just put your hose on top of it, you fill it up, and water slowly leaches out of the bottom. Um, As far as how much to do it, um, a new plant, you know, I tell a lot of our customers that we plant trees for um, water daily uh, for at least two weeks. That's for that, you know, less than two-inch caliper tree, Um, and most of the time, that's what homeowners are getting from nurseries. It's something that they can plant themselves, so Mm -hmm. that daily for two weeks, Um, every other day for a couple months. Um, And then what they really don't like to hear is, you know, do it weekly until that tree is established. So established could be, you know, up to two years. in some instances where, you know, you plant a two-inch caliper tree, you can almost account for transplant shock um, for a year for every inch the tree is big. So you buy a two-inch tree, you can account for two years of transplant shock, um, and unfortunately, maybe requiring watering for up to, you know, two years on a weekly basis for that plant.
2: If I have an established tree that's a little bigger than that, let's say getting up to four or six inches caliper tree, does it need water?
3: Yes, every tree does need water. I wouldn't worry so much about that plant, though, um, unless it gets hot and dry, like kind of where I'm now. Um, the best way to do that, uh, since at that point now that that tree's getting more established the roots that uptake the water aren't necessarily just right around the stem they're farther out just under the soil Um, in the drip line it's it's easier to water those ones even because you just hook up a sprinkler you know put it on a low flow Um, don't let those sprinklers go way up into the air to hit the canopy of the tree you don't want to be watering the leaves you want to be watering the roots Um, if if you constantly water uh, have the sprinkler going up too high, you keep too much moisture on those leaves. Just like anything else, you can um, kind of develop some disease issues with the leaves not being able to dry out and having them be constantly wet.
2: So discuss that drip line. You and I know what a drip line is, but not everyone else does, and that's where
3: your watering area is. Right. Yeah, so if you are, um, think of a large oak tree, um, if you're standing underneath of it and you look up and you're under leaves, you're, you're underneath its canopy. If you walk out farther, where those where those limbs end, um, that's your drip line. That's that's you know essentially um, your your watering area. Is everywhere underneath the tree. Um, now roots can extend you know easily one and a half times the width of the tree. So those roots extend much much farther out beyond the drip line. But for you know argument's sake, we keep most of the time that watering out to the drip line just to keep ourselves sane or also be watering the whole neighborhood. Uh, something
2: else I want to talk about is just uh, and we, we talk about it all the time, but we need to remind people uh, about oak trees. Um, they should not be
3: pruned or cut this time of the year, right? Absolutely not. So this is, uh, this is about the worst time of year you could ever prune an oak tree. Um, you're going to what it is is you make that cut <clears throat> excuse me that tree will excrete um, it's, its sap, or, you know, um, when, you, when you make that cut on the branch, there are bark beetles that, that feed on that sap, um, and they are the vector for um, the oak wilt disease, and they transmit that disease to that oak tree. Now, you're probably not going to see any raw effects of that this year, but next year on that tree, if it indeed get, did get infected with, um, with oak wilt, You'll notice um, probably about that first real hot uh, weekend we have or real hot days that the leaves will start to wilt and they will just start raining oak trees or oak leaves. The issue when it gets really scary is those oak trees can graft with other oak trees in the area. So once your tree dies that you you see you, you have oak wilt with, it will travel underground via the root system to other healthy trees. And it's very difficult to intercept and uh, you know, disrupt the life cycle of that uh, that disease. It becomes quite quite extensive with with trenching and fungicide injections, and oftentimes in the woods, it becomes it can become very impractical.
2: Tell me about it. It's heartbreaking. But hey, Luke, stick around. Uh, yeah. We get some tree tree questions here after the break. Uh, I'd like you to stay around. And for more information about Davy Tree. Or to ask about what's going on with your trees, just go to Davy.com slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733.
0: More of your phone calls for Luke and Doug. And then, of course, after Melinda checks the news at 8, it'll be time for Joe and Frank Dentisi in the Coons Cooking Hour. And in just a few moments, we'll take another look at sports brought to you by Coons Quality Foods. Good morning. Ah, uh, yes, he is, along with Luke Mourner from Davy Trees. Before we get to a tree question, let's talk to Rod, who's got a question for Doug. Hey, Rod, how you doing? Good morning.
2: Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, um, first time in 50 years I use lawn fertilizer, and about three weeks ago I put a second treatment down, and I burnt the grass in various spots. How do I fix it? Water, water, water. Uh, that's going <laughs> to be all I've been the, doing. Fir- the first thing. I would really recommend when you are fertilizing, uh, looking for an inexpensive uh, organic granular fertilizer. You, there's one that, that I've used for years and years. It's called Revita. And you can find it at Hahn Nursery but also at the Pittsburgh Agway stores. And then you won't have to worry about, about that problem. When you're using an, an organic, and it's inexpensive too, it, it's 20 bucks for 50 pounds. And you'll never have to worry about burning it. So water, water, water. See what comes back for you. And and if you if you're still seeing brown spots after a couple weeks, you're just going to have to kind of get in there and do what we talked about earlier in the show, which is just scrape it up a little bit with a rake, throw some more seed down, and that reseeding will help the lawn in general anyway. Get good seed, uh, put it on, keep it wet until it sprouts, and then you'll be good to go, okay?
0: All right, one more call. This is a tree question, a crabapple tree. Here's Steve from McKeesport. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Good morning.
2: Oh, Good morning, gents. How are you all? We're doing good. What's on your mind?
1: Good. Uh, we have a crabapple tree that's probably about 20 years old, maybe a little bit more, and, uh, you know, it flowered nicely uh, this year. But when the leaves came out, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to call it like the first wave of leaves, um, they kind of stopped growing, you know, and, you know, they're just, the leaves are very small, and, and then when, I'll call it a second wave of leaves started to come out, uh, you know, they grew to regular size, and then some of them are, looks like they're starting to fall off already.
2: So, Luke, what do you think?
3: Yeah, the leaves that, um, that are beginning to fall off are probably due to a leaf disease called apple scab. Um, so as the leaves are, you know, just beginning to grow, as that bud breaks and swells, um, that's when they become susceptible. So you unfortunately have to treat those with a, a fungicide, a few applications um, as those leaves are growing, and you can interfere and stop that um, kind of life cycle of that disease. But you would have to do that on an annual basis every spring as the leaves are growing. Um, once it gets later in the year and those leaves become, you know, full size, it's too late and you kind of have to deal with it that year and start over again next year. But as far as the first wave of leaves being undersized, it's it's hard to tell. You'd probably have to, you know, take a look at the tree and see if it might be a root issue or something along those lines.
2: Yeah, Luke, oftentimes when we get tree questions like this, it, it can be very difficult to diagnose without actually seeing the tree, right? And
3: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh,
2: a certified arborist from the Davy Tree Expert Company actually, but they'll come for free, right? And and yes, tell you will. what to do with that tree.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. We'll come take a look at that. And um, it's always better to, to take a look at it, um, you know, so we know exactly what we're dealing with before you're, you know, treating the trees and, and trying to help them. But it does sound like you definitely have some apple scab on that crab apple.
2: Uh, well, I'm going to be doing scab. a video coming up with from uh, Davy Tree all about planting trees and Luke you told me something that I didn't think about is that you could get a bald and burlap tree that was already planted too deep in that burlap ball right
3: oh yeah it happens all the time and it might not be that the nursery planted them too deep you know sometimes when they spade those out some of the soil falls you know up on top of the root ball when they when they wrap it in burlap they kind of push it around the stem Um, and when you get that you know people will think that that's that's at the right level right it came from the nursery they know what they're doing Uh, but you always want to excavate around the the bottom of that stem find those root flares and go from there the root flares will never steer, steer you wrong
0: all right doug if you will you know what to do it's that time
2: remember organic gardeners you make our world brighter and safer with
1: each seed you sow
2: And every garden you grow.
0: All right, there he goes. The Organic Gardener, Doug Oster, DougOster.com and Luke Warner, Davy Trees every other week. Back with us in two weeks to wrap up the month of June with another edition of Talking Trees. We're going to be talking kid-friendly meals coming up with Joe and Frank Dantisi on the Coons Cooking after Melinda checks the news in just a couple minutes at 8 o'clock. More on the aftermath of the protest in Atlanta last night. Lots of stuff to uh, cover in that story. She'll have the latest at the top of the hour along with uh, CBS Radio News. And then at 9 o'clock, Jim Meredith off today. Son Jamie is here. Share with the morning commentary, the ask the advisor segment, two hours of you calling in talking about financial news to help you build a stronger financial portfolio, the home of the master plan, Hefer until it's in your money and you. Much more still to come. We're with you until one o'clock today. It's Rob Pratt Sunday on this flag day on KDKA Radio. Good morning.